Today we celebrate the feast of St. Louis, who was the king of France. I think it's maybe Louis X or Louis XII, I can't remember the number. Uh, but he was, I'm guessing, something like he flourished in 1120, 1130, something like that. He was involved with, in the Second Crusade, I believe, so it was right around that time period. And he was a, he's quite a remarkable saint. I mean, I'm really amazed by him. Uh, he had this uh, incredible dedication to the poor all throughout the kingdom, all throughout his, his kingdom. He was very, you know, had a preferential option for the poor. And he went so far even as to, uh, he, on a regular basis, maybe even on a weekly basis, he invited lepers into his uh, own dining hall. And he sat down with them and he fed them. And so he kind of like had a party with lepers. And uh, he would wash their feet. Can you imagine that if you're a leper, having the king of France wash your feet for you? <laughs> That's pretty amazing. And uh, he had 11 kids. And he, we got nice correspondence that he writes all to his kids. You know, it's, it's really beautiful. And his wife was, uh, was if she's not a canonized saint, she was she's also a very holy woman herself. And I, what I reflect on, and I'm going to tie this into the gospel, is with King Louis, um, I think, especially because we're in America and uh, we rebelled against the king. You know, that's the founding of our nation is where we rebelled against the king. We, we're not huge fans of kings, you know, in America, culturally speaking. You know, a king is sometimes even used as a phrase of, like, contempt. Oh, king so-and-so. <laughs> you know, and uh, we, we kind of associate kings with tyrants. A tyrant is a king who's a bad king, not a good king. There are good kings. And I think it's hard for us to kind of believe that. What we've really got right as Americans is, is a, a constitutional understanding of government. That government is by the people and for the people. Okay, that's a constitutional understanding of government. But actually, how that government expresses itself, how that constitutional government expresses itself can be done in different ways. It can actually be, there can be such a thing as a monarchical constitutional government. All right, so having a king and having a constitutional government by the people, for the people, so forth and so on, are not necessarily mutually exclusive. Sometimes, kind of a, in a quick and uh, sort of lazy way of thinking of our own form of government, we think that we're a democracy. It's kind of not really the case. The founding fathers of the United States, their main burden was to make sure that we were a constitutional government, number one, and then number two, they really kind of frame things so that we are a mixed government. We're actually a combination of democracy, aristocracy, and monarchy because the executive branch, the president, he has got some serious power. Okay, One of the big things that he's got is he's the chief of the military. Okay, So he can just call up the military, you know, almost, almost unchecked. So it's a lot of power. Uh, so it's a mixed government. But the main thing is it's a constitutional government. The point is, is I think if we understand these things a little bit more thoroughly, kings are not necessarily so bad. And we don't have to be cynical. And I think that's maybe the main thing that I want to say is there's a kind of a cynicism that we can have where we say, you know, anybody that's got money, anybody that's in a position of power, anybody who's in front of people and they got an influence, well, they're probably a hypocrite, you know. They're probably corrupt. 
We have that kind of cynical attitude. It's very easy to fall into. And what's beautiful is that every once in a while, there's a human being who comes around who is in a position of influence and power and they got money, da-da-da. And you know what? They're genuinely good people. They've been tested. Because, you know, you give someone a lot of power, you give them a lot of money, you give them a, give them a lot of influence, and that's a real test of character. Okay? Not many of us, myself included, are able to really withstand that. Okay? It's a great temptation. But we thank God that by His grace, every once in a while, there is this person who can actually handle those things and successfully passes the test and doesn't succumb to the temptations of power and influence and money and whatnot. And King Louis is one of those, one of those people. That's all in contrast to what we're looking at here in the gospel today. We see the Pharisees and Jesus is denouncing the Pharisees. The Pharisees, uh, they were uh, hypocrites, so they use the word, Jesus uses the word hypocrite. The word hypocrite goes back to the idea of someone who's wearing a mask. Okay? So, if you have a mask on, you present to the world one thing, but inside or behind the mask, you're something else. And we see Jesus saying, you need to clean the inside of the cup first, and then the outside will be clean. So the problem with the Pharisees is that they had things reversed. They emphasized the externals and the things that were kind of easy to do, like they tithe mint and cumin and so forth and so on. But then true interior virtue they were lacking. And Jesus is saying it's good to actually tithe mint and cumin, do that. But please, the, the more important thing to do is to have that interior virtue and authenticity. Okay? And part of the person who lives in the external, um, there's an egoism and a selfishness wrapped up in that. And there's a cynicism that can, can accompany that very easily. A cynicism meaning, you know, I know myself that I basically am kind of trying to fool everybody. And I don't really have the interior real thing. I've just got the show. And you know what? I don't think anybody else has got the real thing either. And that's how they justify it. There's a rationalization process. Yeah, I'm a hypocrite, but so is everybody else. It's all just show. We're all just playing the game, and I just play it better than others. That's that cynicism that the hypocrite can fall into. And it's a temptation for all of us. And so we, we really, I, I just rejoice and thank God for... Every once in a while, this person comes along who's, who's really sincere and authentic. And they have it, even though they've got all these external things, they've got the power and they've got the influence and the image and all that kind of stuff. But they, they haven't succumbed to the temptation of hypocrisy and cynicism. So it is possible. It kind of restores our uh, faith in humanity. You know, we can get really disappointed. We see people, you know... Something happens and they're not who we thought they were. Uh, and, you know, maybe we put our hopes into a particular leader and then they disappoint us and we kind of can get to the point where we become cynical and say, ah, no one's got it. Everybody's just, you know, acting. Uh, and so we thank God, though, because it's not true. And we can really believe in humanity re reshaped, reformed, rejuvenated, uh, regenerated, by the power of Christ. And so St. Louis gives us that example today. May that 
true interior virtue uh, be ours as well as his through his prayers.